welcome back to another special episode edition of Dead Men Roll No Crits. What? As part of our Die Harpy series, we're going back in time from last week's episode where we left off with the amazing adventure that the rest of the crew has gone on to a single special episode. This is your GM Patrick and joining me in some one-on-one play this week is my good friend Tyler. Tyler, how you doing? What's up? It's the number one DMRNC Trilly, the heartbeat. <laughs> uh, we t- I talked about this in last week's episode, but it's been like a bunch of vacations and like people being sick. So we've like pushed back. <laughs> the last time you played Cassius was was like a month ago <laughs> for us, over a month ago. It was like beginning at the at the, the end, end of, of the June. last. At the end of the, at the end of the last episode, when you were like, "Oh, read this as Cassius," I was like, "Oh, I don't even know what he sounds like." Are you, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> how dare you throw this at me? And, uh, <coughs> oh, I gotta find him. Yes, that that is where this episode should end. But we're going back in time. Yeah, just because um, I, I didn't know when we were going to record this. <laughs> Believe it or not. So I'm glad I'm glad we got to fit it in, and it's not like a, like you know, <laughs> December, and we're like, "Hey, let's, yeah. let's do it." I think I always wanted to to do this after your character got carried away. I was like, oh, this is perfect Blatantly time. kidnapped me, you evil man. <laughs> Otherwise, if we do something like this episode in a normal episode, the other three players are just kind of sitting around <laughs> scrolling through Twitter or whatever. Listeners, when when Patrick kidnapped Cassius and cliffhanged it right there, there was a we, we cut the recording and then there was a small revolt. <laughs> podcast as, as many folks were were uh dumbfounded and upset at this turn of events this this these shenanigans that were had so. Jabert wanted to kill you that was that was throwing me off Jabert, I was like whoa Jabert. <laughs> he joined team gm <laughs> yeah yeah Jabert turncoated really fast uh, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't even know what his, his explanation when he was like oh we can't let even... the captain's secrets get into enemy hands <laughs> yeah yeah Gotta yeah you really you really went for it. It was um, it was good. It was good. So this is going to pick up kind of where Cassius left off, unconscious, being dragged away by yeah. two large. Uh, if you if you can recall, I did, uh, I believe, critically succeed a reflex save to keep a hold of the bottle of wine that I've been nursing now for like a month of records. I don't even know. I've had this I, wine I, for a very long I, time. I don't know if I ever agreed. Oh, I think you did. That, I think you did. That role in general. I think <laughs> I think it would be, it would be like a magical role. <laughs> Not very, like you don't have reflexes when you're unconscious. I was thinking of just like, you know, like you you grip really hard right before you go out in the hopes that, you know, while you're out, you just keep that grip. Uh yeah, I don't know. It's it's like a hundred year old bottle. You grip it so hard, there's just you wake up with shards of glass in your hand. <laughs> oh no. I took no. extra damage. You Cassius does indeed wake up and sadly at the very beginning here of this week's episode, not a lot of information to give to you. I've got no map for this. <laughs> we talked about this before we started recording. As you just wake up in complete darkness, what feels like a cool place, but the first thing that hits you smacks you in the face is the smell of rot and decay here your senses just assaulted by that but it also feels like you're restrained somewhat even though you can kind of you you feel sluggish as you move your arms around but you realize in short order 
that you are hogtied upside down. Your your feet are restrained somehow above you. And you might have been like this for some time because your <laughs> your torso and your arms feel very heavy and mm. and out of place. And in one of your hands is indeed a half drank bottle of chillaxian wine that miraculously still has liquid in it as maybe your thumb got stuck inside you reflexed yeah. for a thumb <laughs> thumb corking it up uh, uh, Cassie's does not have any form of dark vision or magical sight correct I don't I mean he definitely doesn't have dark vision mm-hmm. and I'm checking my inventory right now for any fancy objects that would maybe grant him said thing and <laughs> There are oh, oh yeah, don't worry about that. You, you have nothing else on you. <laughs> oh, and I'm just naked upside down. I think. Well, I think you might have some trousers, but I think your oh, okay. things like your jacket. All my stuff's gone. Yeah. So just just trousers and a bottle of wine. No hat. <laughs> <laughs> the hat was the first to go. Oh the hat, no. The hat might be on the the ground somewhere in the jungle. <laughs> Maybe we'll find that on the oh, way back. Yeah, we we better. <laughs> or yeah, you, you come back and Mahim the yeah. Naga killer I'm is gonna, wearing it. You're like, oh, yeah. the captain's back. I saved your hat for you. Yeah, I'll I'll send out C, D, and E team for the hat if I have to. <laughs> um, well, yeah, Cassie's, which I mean, obviously, pitch black can't see. Uh, realizes maybe that uh, he's hanging upside down, and you know, have you ever have you ever hung upside down like stretches or workout at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Like it, it gets very, <laughs> very hard very quickly to uh, it's to write yourself. Some, yeah, it, it's not something that you want to just be in for a very long <laughs> period of time, unless you've like conditioned yourself for it. And once you're there, you know, falling down and then like you know, there's a reason why people get you know vertigo or a head rush or something because <clears> when they stand back up and everything reshifts. So I think. As Cassius is kind of dangling there, he'd say out loud, you know, well, I can't say I've woken up in worse places after a day of drinking. <laughs> um, as you as you say that out loud, you hear the noise echoes in what feels like a fairly large chamber. You, you definitely feel like there's some space above where your feet are hanging and maybe some space below you as well. You know, like you're not able to touch the ground. And yeah, the, the walls seem fairly far away, so it doesn't seem very claustrophobic here. But yeah, as you call out there, a voice calls back to you through the darkness that says, It doth moves. It draws breath. It has strength for now. That's good. My daughters uh, all requ- require the flesh to be warm. It goes cold too fast when it expires. You know, the flesh would be warmer if you didn't take the flesh's clothes. I feel like I would be, I'm a, I feel a bit chilly. You feel maybe a, a clawed hand running across your back. You hear some, some fabric of your shirt, like, ripping back there as a, you kind of twirl around for a bit. And then you feel what perhaps is a, a scaled hand or a claw kind of graze your cheek for a moment and feel and smell very hot breath. On your face that seems odious, maybe infected with something. The mothers and daughters have collected you, though, and, and one of mine fell in doing so. You're indeed a strong band, a strong one they've brought back as well. 
What, yes. what, what name do your people give you? From whence do you come? Oh, I'm, I'm honored that you would ask. The name is Cassius, and what might... I can't see very clearly, but you are obviously a, a lovely thing with wings, so... What are, you know, calling yourselves, I know you're like the daughters of something very important, but uh, I imagine you all have names. We're, we are all daughters, and all shall be mothers, and I am matriarch of the nest. You may call me Mistress Mother Militia. I, I shall be the last thing you, you see and hear in this world. Where, where are my manners? You cannot see. Let me light a candle for you there's some shuffling and maybe some some clacking of stones you see some sparks and then a flame behind you kind of illuminates you see some of these dark edges of the room and you spin around a little bit and are face to face upside down with one of these harpies that you really only got to see up close and personal for a few seconds before they dug a claw into your side and started ripping some meat out and dropped you down low in that fight. Uh, this one, though, is is older. Some more crooked features. Their feathers, many of them have turned gray or fallen out. And where there was a single eye on the other harpies, there is instead a very large turquoise gem, like size of a Nerf football, real big, where, where an eye would be. Hmm. She's got a couple of sashes that maybe don't do enough to cover our, up the, the old saggy harpiness <laughs> of her body. <laughs> and yeah, she lights some what seems like maybe animal tallow candles beneath you, above your head, <laughs> or I guess yeah. below your head. But it's like you're about six feet up off the ground, so they're not they're not singeing, burning my my hair or anything. Yeah, and he, I, I said I would I'd get you an image of of I, I I googled dark creepy cave. Here's here's a oh boy. here's a result. <laughs> Let's get some. Oh, I, I love I love it. It's get some more for you. Sounds about as horrifying. As, oh yeah, I'm so happy I'm here. Yeah, I'm so happy I'm here. There's all kinds of bones and and things that look like stripped flesh littering the floor of this cavern cavern beneath you. Though I need not any light to sense you out, perhaps you wish to look upon my beauty before you are eaten alive. No, I I am grateful. It is it is very nice to be able to see you. She she does like a little Buffalo Bill shimmy. <laughs> oh, good. Ding, ding, ding. Mm. Uh, although it would head. be it would be nice if we could maybe parlay on that last part of being eaten. You know, as I know that we. We humans can be a bit um, dramatic at times as a, as a species, but uh, we do l don't typically like being eaten when we can avoid it. And, you know, I think if we chatted just a little bit, you would agree with me that I am far more valuable to you alive. You know, alive, I'm just one man y you can eat. Or, I, well, dead, I'm one man you can eat. But alive, I am someone who could help you get many men to eat. She kind of like strokes her balding wings, like with her, her claws kind of like reaches back behind her and preens a little bit, almost animalistically and, and says, Oh yes, this part is my favorite. They all beg 
for their lives here when they see the cavern of horrors. They'll, they'll all lie and cheat and try to convince me to let them go. But none of them are truthful until I begin to peel the flesh from their bones and add to the shrine. Uh, she'll wheel you around and kind of bring her torch to bear on a side of the cavern you've not seen yet. And it illuminates a, a large skeletal structure kind of held together with strips of leather, vines, cloth. And it looks like on top are, are three cyclopean skulls mounted on a huge skeletal frame. So like 15 feet tall. The, the wings are kind of tacked to the cavern wall behind it. And it looks like just dozens of long bones like femurs and uh, tibia and, and stuff like that, making a, a large skeletal <laughs> tableau. And the cyclopean skulls are mounted. So they're in like a triangle pattern. So there's like three single eye skulls mm -hmm. right on top of one another. Look upon her. This is Hymerta, mother ascendant. She that gave us life from her patron god, the demon mother. We honor her love, her sacrifice, by surviving to continue the sacrifices. And we shall sacrifice you to remain in the goddess's graces. She keeps us strong and cunning. You know, I can't force that logic at all, but I can't help it. I mean, when was the last time besides me you sacrificed anybody? Oh, it's been some time. Two years since I've supped upon man flesh. Oh, it is so good. Mm, I, I bet it is. But you do you do kind of understand my point and you have a supply problem. <laughs> she she moves up to your like armpits as your arms are hanging down and just gets a good Good whiff it. Let me get the fully work on the microphone here. Oh, I I hear what you're saying. You'll tell me that you're important, and you'll be able to go and get more like you. But I have you here, and something about your your stench. It is so enrapturing. I couldn't even wait for the other daughters to to get back. I I just have a taste. Then just a small taste. She'll kind of move to the wound in your chest where your largest injury is, which is, yeah, there's still like some bleeding going on, but for the most part, they've kind of, I don't know if they've sutured it together, but maybe slapped on. There's mud. Some we're, muck. Back, we're, back, we're, back to, we're back to the Candoso mud That's, slapping of healing. That, it, I mean, if, don't knock until you tried it. <laughs> yeah, where, where you got critically hit by the, the harpy claw. She'll kind of dig around in there and, you know, grass at your, your arm and maybe hold it back a little bit as uh, she just goes in there and you feel a tongue lapping up against this wound of coagulated blood and dirt. And she goes, <laughs> long forked tongue kind of comes out and it feels like a cat's braided tongue. <laughs> it feels like it's opening up so the wound as she quickly laps at it. But all of a sudden she kind of jumps back, lets you go spins you around and is startled and, goes, ah! and begins retching and spitting and, and snarling all at once. Oh, I, I tried to tell you, you just didn't listen to me, Mistress Mother. I just can't. I always try to help people and no one ever believes me. The curse of a pirate. 
disgusting. You tricked me, man-thing. I've, I've had blood of elves and orcs and humans of all manner of others. I, I know the taste better than most, and that is not human blood. Ugh. What foul beast are you? Tell me now, what, what is it? Uh, it's a Cassius. Mm. Now, why would I tell you what I'm hanging upside down? Clothless. I don't even, I don't even have my hat anymore. Seems like. Sorry, she doesn't, have, like, she doesn't have your hat if you're fishing for that. <laughs> like, why don't I, I, with all the blood pooling into my skull, it's kind of hard to remember who I really am. So perhaps if I was more comfortable, I could uh, remember. Uh, a tale for a tale. I'll tell you of of my my daughters, and you tell me of your forebearers. That sounds like a fair enough deal to me. Uh, she'll spin you back around to the skeletal effigy and say, uh, My ancestor, you can tell me uh, that I'm as beautiful as she, but I would not believe you. She was not like us, though. She was one of the old hill people, and they would not give her the secrets of their ancient books. So she stole her own magic from rituals of old and dark ways. Uh, she drank blood and made her packs with the Dark Mother. And when they found out, they tried to burn her. But she instead became with child. And with that, she got her strength and she fought. And we daughters of Amerta have lived here for generations. We take the spilled seed of others, and we sustain only daughters. We strip passing ships of their crew to feed out our rituals and fill our bellies. That has been our way, and that will always be. She's looking you over again, maybe some drool streaming down her face, but all of a sudden realizes it's like, mm. but you, you will not go down easily whatever it is you're made of what what kind of creature are you i can only tell you everything that i myself know so you'll have to forgive any sparse details but cassius will i mean he really has no reason to to lie here i don't think unless he would try to mm, would he try to lie and say he's something greater than he really is i've got dcs for perception checks and things and can start making some some secret rolls if you want me to oh man i don't even know what he would say so i no, i don't think he would necessarily lie here i don't think he needs mm -hmm. to lie because i think i think it's gonna so he i mean he will essentially tell her that he was i mean he'll embellish it a little bit to you know say that he was given up by the sea as a child Essentially, kind of insinuating that he came from the the sea, and how, when, you know, he was, he'll tell the story about the storm when he was aboard a ship, and how he, mm -hmm. you know, risen, he rose and glowed, and all that that other stuff, and he'll even show off his, he'll even, well, she can't see, so it doesn't really matter if he points out his tattoos and their I mean, otherworldly nature. She's moving around just fine. She seems to be able to to mm -hmm. see you. Quite so well. he'll, yeah, he'll he'll point that out and you know indicate that he is his you know essentially just 
buttoning it all up with the fact that he, he goes, you know, who am I? Who brought me forth into this world? I've always just maintained that twas the sea itself. I am not wholly human, although I do believe some part of me may be, but whatever, whatever I do come from, it is certainly not of this normal realm. <laughs> I don't believe you. You, you hold back the truth of your tainted blood and whatever beast your ancestors lied with to do this to you. I, I can, I can take it from your mind if I want it. I can shape the smoke which envelops you to, to fog your thoughts. Let me see into your memories. Oh, I perhaps, you. I bet you couldn't. Perhaps you'll answer things that you have no access to. I will find it out. I'll find out from whence he came. Wait, 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 wait. Before you do, <laughs> he takes a big drink of wine. <laughs> and then he goes, okay, go at it, brain witch lady. She'll take a sniff of the bottle and be like, Bleh. <laughs> No, not for you. <laughs> That's not blood at all. That's not baby blood. What are you drinking? <laughs> she is indeed. She starts casting a spell. And you see maybe some like hand gestures and definitely some kind of, of dark magical language. She begins encanting like under her breath, just it's a lot slower than most of the spells you've seen Candoso cast because she's she's still at it like 30 seconds later. Do you, outside of rumor milling, have a cult as a skill? Oh, let's take a look. That'd be fun. No! <laughs> so can you use the rumor monger uh, to... Yeah. To pretend, yeah. so I roll uh, this. Is that correct? Gossip lore. Gossip yeah, lore. You roll it. It's a plus. <laughs> Rumor monger. That's the same thing, right? I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, what's your bonus? Plus sixteen. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, you're pretty sure you can identify this spell as it's being cast. You have a lot of time to kind of like figure it out, but you can that the smoke from the candles begins to kind of like surround your head. Your your vision goes a little blurry because of that. It's getting in your eyes, getting it's kind of like invading your nostrils. She is casting a spell called Mind Probe. Mind Probe. It's a level five. Let's see, divination kind of spell, and it takes a minute to cast. While she can sustain it for up to a minute, and is going to attempt to cast herself and. Get at your your mind, kind of sifting for information, access your memories and knowledge. Unless you save it off with a will save. Mm -hmm. And you can choose to just automatically fail if you want this to go forward. There is, if you want to roll it, though, there's both a chance for a success and a chance for critical failure. The critical failure, well, let me first explain failure. For the, each of the rounds duration that she sustains, she can attempt uh -huh. a question and attempt to uncover the answer. And But for each question she asks, you can try a deception check against the spell DC. And if you oh. succeed, uh, they don't learn the answer. And on a critical success, they you can give her a false answer that perhaps you believe is truthful. And once you've asked the target or once she's asked you a question, 
she won't be able to like ask again with the mind probe, get a different result. So, but if you roll for it, as opposed to just automatically failing, if you critically fail as it goes as failure, but you get a minus four penalty to these deception uh, checks. So it's up to you. If you do want to try to roll for it, or if you want to let her just, you know, start poking around inside your skull. Yeah. I think I'm just going to elect to fail because I don't want that negative. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost certain that's what we would we, we would end up. Um, <laughs> well, do, do you want to roll it just for, for Fonzies to see what was is, a, is it a will save? Yes. <laughs> Five on the dice. <laughs> I mean, we're we're in very close territory for sure. <laughs> but uh, that's oh. why that's why I don't take gambles. So I will just elect to to fail. And All right. So you beware. Be see where she goes. Breathe real deep in of this ritualistic casting and yeah, your eyes kind of blur and then your head blurs like your that wine is getting to you. But probably it's because you've been hanging upside down for like half an hour, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe more. Yeah, she's she's like, I I want to know your earlier memories. I want to see what manner beast birthed you, Cassius. I want to see your parents. So your your cloud clouded vision and, and mind kind of goes dark for a moment. This the smell of the cold, disgusting cavern kind of disappears. It almost feels like you're dreaming. You're in a, a very brightly lit, though still kind of shaded area. You can feel maybe warm linens wrapped around you, a cool sea air. Maybe some sun rays gracing your cheeks. And the light is blocked out by a, a thin woman's face kind of hanging above you, maybe humming, maybe singing a few lines as you are sw- a swaddled youngling. Maybe next to her chest, close enough you can, through these linens, feel a heartbeat. And your eyes close as, as you're lulled to sleep here. Just tra- Tyler, wake up. What are you doing? Oh no, you're getting way too into character here. You you uh you can feel, you know, a a love for this this person as as you drift off. You feel very very calm and and uh maybe in in your ear you hear her speak softly. A very my my voice is going tonight, so I don't know if I can get up <laughs> into as sweetly sick a voice as as what you hear spoken softly to you she says good night my prince pray you dream of smooth seas and calm skies so this is the memory that's being produced do you want to try and deception check to to keep this from the mistress this doesn't really seem like it's answering her question. Other than that, we're not looking at a feral creature that just mm. is shooting me out in, onto the ground. So, no, I, I don't think I need to block this. This is uh, fine. Yeah, you can feel maybe some frustration as you hear, like, far off the voice of this harpy in your mind. says, You lie. That is That could not be what birthed you. If that be your mother, what devil laid her to bed she is gonna go go into another memory maybe one of your earlier or or later ones but still early in your life and next you are surrounded by a raging ravaging storm and a scene that you have you've seen 
kind of psychically imprinted into your mind recently as you are surrounded by by pirates in the middle of a storm on the the deck of the brine banshee the ship of, of captain zirabel jalhazar and you see this captain with a, a large wound lying on his side on on the the deck here maybe trying to get up as a as a deck hand tries to help him and a couple other a couple others threaten threaten some more blows one of these pirates in front of you says oh look the little freak is glowing Harrigan was right he's possessed of demon blood that's why these storms assails us indeed you can kind of look around you and see a, a light glowing behind you another pirate steps forward like your blood's cursed look what you've made us do to the captain you did this you're the albatross around his neck, and we're going to send you back to the sea where we found you, boy. It's best for everyone. They kind of like move forward. You see one drawing like some short stiletto blades, and all of a sudden you feel yourself lifting off the ground, kind of floating in the the sea spray. As you see, looking back at these pirates, kind of fear wash over their rain-battered faces. Is there anything you, <laughs> a young, this, this, I think this is a pretty young Cassius, maybe like, what's, what's a good cabin boy age, like 10? Yeah. I mean, when, when did you wash up on shore and your memories start? I, I think it was like, I think it's pretty much at like, <clears throat> you're young. 11? Yeah. So this is, this is very close to that. You feel yourself lifting up off the ground and fear in their, their faces. Is, is there anything a young Cassius would retort back? This is like your first, first retort. I, oh my goodness. Cassius would say, you know, I don't know how to do like a young Cassius because he can't have that swaggering <laughs> oh, gee voice. Willikers. Yeah. Oh boy, guys, that was bad. Uh, no, he says, you know, mutineers and the treacherous will be cursed to drown these seas. Oh no. Did he, are you actually cursing the ship? <laughs> cursing uh, the Yeah. Yeah. That's why the Brian yeah. Bench is in the dirt. As these words come out of your mouth, you hear like a crackling noise above you. And looking up, you see like a ring above your head, a nimbus of electrical light. What you've maybe heard of before as like a, you know, we call it St. Elmo's fire, a, a like a holy nimbus of, of a crackling electricity. And you look behind you and the raindrops falling around you seem to be hitting some kind of glowing magical looking wings made of water just kind of flapping right behind your back and as as you get a, a, a full look at this and are still maybe a little confused as to what exactly is happening a huge rogue wave batters the ship there's just like thousands of gallons of water that just hit the ship's stern in a couple of directions and then you 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 rise up on a on a wave and you can feel it kind of push forward very violently down into a trench as there are screams on the the deck here that fade away as you see pirates swept into the ocean and we move away from this scene is this one that you want to keep from our our good friend do you, want, do you want to keep yeah, that? Yeah, let's let's not let's not reveal this one. <laughs> so this is gonna be a deception check. All right, 
me go back up in my notes. Oh, do I have a hero point? Or did oh, I? Oh yeah, no, you got a full hero point. Okay, let's. Let, I don't think a twenty-seven is going to beat this. She can cast level five spells. We know that. So, oh, I think yeah. I need a little more, just a little, just a little. I just need to roll like a, I think even a ten, just three more, and I think I'd be okay. Maybe, huzzah! Oh no, I rolled two more. I'm single short. digits, single digits. Uh, tw- does twenty nine? I don't think that's going to do it. I think I needed at least 30. You hear some echoing laughter and says, that is it. You are some kind of beast from beyond. More. I must. I must see more of this. And the, the scene changes, but not too much. You are on the deck of another ship in another storm, perhaps the same storm. The edges of the eye of Abendago kind of raging around you and you see Knuckles Gripe and Isabella Locke before she took on the ink skin captain's name. Your entire erstwhile crew of the Phoenix and they are all also kind of clinging to their lives as as a even larger rogue wave rocks your ship here in a mighty storm and maybe one by one you see some of them peeled away into the waves as parts of the ship are are cracking timbers the the mizzen mass snaps like a twig <laughs> i think we we did a little bit of role play of this in, in your first episode but uh what what kind of things does cassius say when he's going down with the ship i don't know i, I mean i think he's i think he's still i mean like even in the middle of like where like the ship is kind of breaking he's still just like you know, wanting to push through it, and I, I still think he maybe he like shouts some curses at the storm, and he, he's like pleading, he's like, just a little further. Yeah, you, you're holding on for for your your life, you know, basically for yeah. for dear life. And I mean, this is after hours of, of sailing and and a huge storm, days of rough seas. Your your muscles are tired, and you've. Do you think you would lash yourself to the ship, or are you just holding on with oh, for with sure. strength? No, yeah, there's so, no way. There's no. I, I would be strapped to the helm or the main <laughs> whatever, mast or something. whatever part that you've you've lashed yourself to. You can feel that that rope or that belt, you know, cutting off blood supply to to wherever you've got it. As people are, you know that have not done this are getting torn off the ship. But yeah, as, as uh, you feel more and more of the ship kind of crack away as it gets swept into this storm and the raging currents underneath it, you do see it there in the distance. You have to, your eyes are just slits, uh, nearly completely shut against the, the stinging rain and wind, but you see what looks like a, like a holy beam of light through the storm as appeared maybe a mile or so out. So it's, it's very far, but it is, it is extremely bright. It, you know, almost looks like a lightning strike that you've seen many times here in the eye that does not go away. But as you get closer to it, you can see, you know, <laughs> as you begin to black out what looks like the eye, what looks like light coming in beyond the hurricanes inner cell wall and as uh, as you see this and before you completely <laughs> black out another like you get a sense of of water enveloping you 
and can can feel the same wide wings kind of glow and envelop your your body the strain of the storm kind of goes away for a moment as as this happens but also you you see the same ethereal bluish glow kind of take over the the timbers beneath your your feet and you can feel uh, this nimbus going up the the main mast as this magical aura protects you and perhaps the rest of the ship for some reason i mean you you do remember bits and pieces from that storm but you definitely did blackout (laughs) but you remembered seeing something out there and you came to maybe a day or so later still the the phoenix floating but have taken on a massive amount of water pushed out from the storm's center and all you had on you was the clothes on your back and this is when you woke up with like pierces in your hand uh, just giant stab wounds as you have a magical sextant that seemed to have come out of nowhere uh, pulled straight from the heavens this is the end of this this memory she's trying to to pluck from you do you want to <laughs> make another one to to hold this back I mean, it, here's a sure even sure. more important question do you have the sextant on your person yeah. Oh no, Tyler. Oh no. Yeah, he doesn't go anywhere without it. Uh, deception check. <laughs> oh, it's another twenty nine. Goddamn. It's another twenty nine. Yeah. So One of them episodes, folks. <laughs> the spell ends, and uh, you really don't know who or what you are. You you come to the the smoke kind of tearing out of your eyes here as as she breaks concentration and you see her just fiddling with the sextant. <laughs> I don't know what you are or what this is. I can't imagine that you have their blood, but perhaps it's what I taste. The salt water, the divinity. As she's looking this over here, she seems to, she seems to have probed that mind quite well, Tyler. Uh, yeah, th- yeah, four, f- three failed deceptions. Only my best skill, by the way. Only my best skill. Not a lot of dice rolls tonight, but yeah, no, no also, dub- would, double digits. A point, uh, a point of hilarity. Cassius has a few extra dimensional pockets. That's where he keeps these things that he does it like the letters of Mark. Uh-huh. They're in extra dimensional pockets. So obviously she could memory probe and figure out where he kept it. So <laughs> I, I don't doubt that she was able to discover said thing. I just think it's funny that she would have to reach into these extra dimensions and pull out all sorts of garbage because there's a ton of oh, stuff in those oh, pockets. Yeah. It's all over the uh, the cavern floor. <laughs> yeah. Here. Uh, but yeah, yeah, she she is looking for it and she doesn't quite seem to understand what it is. You know, she's like really messing around with it. But as as this is happening and uh you're you're getting all your senses back here. There's a, a loud commotion echoing forth from uh, you haven't even seen it. It seems to be on the edge of the the candles light here, but uh, some kind of exit from this chamber through some some hallways. You hear what sounds like yelling, fighting of, of some kind. And the mistress militia ro- rolls around to you and it's like, my guess was right. <laughs> You are an important member of your ship. Your strong, strong shipmates. They they will do 
in place of you. You've done what you've promised and brought them right to my door. I do this from time to time, though. I invite death back here to thin my own brood and lure, lure them into my lair so I may feast. Do you hear them, Cassius? They, they come for you and you will watch them as they, they suffer because of you. Cassius, you know, laughs and says, for everything that you've gotten right tonight, you know, they, you have kind of made a, a singular mistake. Oh, my friends, we'll thin your brood. And perhaps I may not make it out of here, but <laughs> there is no stopping two of the two of the ones who come for you. I've seen them destroy the undead and rend storms. You are far outclassed in this match. <laughs> two of them? Totally cool. The, the other one? I don't know. Take it, take it or leave it. <laughs> Listen, I Cassius still does. I mean, Cassius understands the marshal. He does not understand the magic. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's going to respond. Uh, I'm going to make a d20 roll, Tyler. Let's see how I do. Ooh, a little bit better. I think this is going to be enough as she's going to pin one of your arms behind your back, kind of like holding it against her body as she wraps a, a claw and a wing around you. You feel it covering up your mouth. She says, that's enough. Chatter. It is time to play my game of death. And uh, her other really? clawed hand reaches past you and is encanting something else. And you see some of the bones kind of like rise up off of the cavern floor here. And flesh begins to reconstitute itself upon them and forms take shape of vaguely humanoid figures with large feathered wings coming out of their their back and uh they kind of as they are summoned here into existence do like a, a an odd neck crick and then their arms kind of do I mean I don't know how else to explain it a creepy demonic dance <laughs> like a death dance as they they shake off whatever summoning sickness that they they have to this realm two almost bird like owl like featured faces kind of spin around towards you and uh, you feel them kind of like piercing you and one of them opens up its its huge beak mouth and you hear issuing forth from it the words, You may devour me whole, but I will curse ye upon my death. I may die, but my crew will avenge me. In a, a perfect Cassius impression, just kind of calling out down the hallway, you get to, to watch in terror as perhaps your, your friends fighting for your life are, are walking right into a little trap, Tyler. No, I'm getting on Discord right now. Don't Set go in <laughs> Leave, leave Cassius <laughs> to die. That's right. Oh, of course there's going to be a part four to the Die Harpy Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> and now it's, it's, it's even more serious because he might have taken out the entire... <laughs> like in the last episode killed all the other harpies except for the uh the matriarch so yeah there's some good things on the line uh if with next week's combat and that is indeed 
uh, going to be a tale for another time. Maybe Cassius <sighs> will be able to participate. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think he's. I think going to be resigned barbs. to witty quips. Witty quips <laughs> from being upside down. Just <laughs> oh, she's got my like sex and get her. Yeah, <laughs> I. He still has the bottle. I'm thinking imp, uh, improvised weapon. Maybe I'll <laughs> I'll I'll get to sh- I'll break it over somebody's head, shank him. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. That's a very piratey thing to do. Bar room brawl. (laughs) While Uh, upside down. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to do it for us here this week. I really like these one-on-one episodes. They're fun. Not done them much before in my TTRPG tenure. But yeah, it's nice to to open things up a little bit and not bore the other players. And this is also kind of secret information. You don't have to tell anybody if you don't want and <laughs> just tell them not to listen to the episodes. It was really, really boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They got to they gotta subscribe on Patreon or wait a while. <laughs> yeah. Patrick and I just talked about Magic the Gathering the whole time. You shouldn't listen. <laughs> that's that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you, Tyler, for playing. Thanks, Patrick, for running. I mean, literally hanging out with me. Hanging out upside literally down with me. Chilling. And uh, Patreon pirates, freebie captains, thanks for listening. And I'll we'll catch you next time here on Dead Men Go No Crits. Yarr! Guitar! <laughs>